Welcome to Defining Endurance, a podcast focused on providing actionable insights for endurance athletes. Whether you're an athlete just getting started in endurance sports or a veteran looking to gain an edge, the Defining Endurance podcast is here to ask curious questions with athletes and fitness professionals, and most importantly, dive deep on current training topics so you can become the best version of yourself. Let us wait no longer. Let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back or welcome to the Defining Endurance podcast. I'm your host, Coach Andrew Simmons, and today we're talking about expectations. I think one of the hardest things that I have to deal with as a coach and one of the hardest things that many of you have to deal with as an athlete is the idea of expectations. Getting to a start line or even simply, you know, if whether it's defending a thesis or, you know, doing something that's really big and really important to you it comes with expectations and those expectations can come from yourself. They can come from other people. They can come from teachers. They can come from advisors and people that are important to you. And what I want to dive into today is how do we deal with that? And I want to kind of create a dialogue around how do we leverage that anxiety that comes with it? Because there is a certain amount of anxiety that is helpful and useful. And there's a certain amount of anxiety that cripples us and has us black out and we'll finish a, a, a presentation, a podcast, or even a race. And we simply just black out. We lose sight of what's happening um, and simply just all of a sudden arrive at the end and say our final words. And all of a sudden it's just like, oh my gosh, it didn't go at all how the way I wanted because we're not engaged we're not engaged with that race and what's happening because those expectations held us back. They blacked us out and we're done. And we're not happy with it. We're not happy with the outcome. And that may have been our one chance to accomplish something. And now what are we left with? Disappointment, frustration, and anger because it may be another 365 days or it may never be in the cards for us again. So how do we deal with that? How do we actually leverage the expectations and how do we actually turn them from something that can cripple us into something that can grow us? So to kind of dive right into this, I'm not really going to do much, but kind of give you guys a, a stream of thought. I've got a few notes here to kind of go through. But the first thing that I want you guys to understand is that make no assumptions. People often get into hot water when they assume that you know, another teammate or coach or someone else um, cares as much about this as you do. Right, and those those assumptions are right. We we've always heard the term right. What, what do they say about when you assume? Right, it makes an ass out of you and me. When you assume that someone cares as much about this as you do, you're kind of leaving out the fact of how much does it matter to you, and have you communicated that? Have you actually sat down with somebody and say, "Hey, this matters to me." So I just don't want people here to fall into the trap of assuming someone else has the same understanding of a situation, a project, a deadline, or a task that you do. You can avoid this pitfall by having a conversation in which you're openly discussing like what's expected, how is it going to be accomplished, and you know how will we actually measure success on the day. Um, you have to leave opportunities for questions within this conversation. You can't approach it and just say, this is what needs to happen. This is how it's going to go. Because I've had athletes that have come to me and say, this is what we're doing and this is how it's going to be done. And this is what I want you to execute on. Well, there's no questions. I can't give any shading to this picture. When it comes to a race plan, when it comes to having a specific result on race day, what needs to happen is the creation of depth, right? We talked about, you know, something as simple as what's expected and why is 
your college advisor putting pressure on you because this is the race that you're supposed to get noticed at. Is that important to him or is that actually important to you? Is this the best race to be putting the pressure on? And if so, then how do we accomplish that, right? And and part of that accomplishment means how do we show up um, and, and how are we going to measure success? Is that a 1520? Is that a 1440? What's realistic? What are your fitness that day? What are you really capable of doing? And so what I want you to understand is that importance is internal. Importance to you um, is is where this all really comes from. Is that if you're you, if you're taking this external thing, a coach, a person, your teammates, and you're leaving out the internal portion of this, does this actually matter to you? Because you may show up in that start line, and all this pressure is coming from everybody else, and you're going to feel really hollow because this doesn't really matter to you. So, how much are you actually going to be able to put out there and pour out? on that start line. We talk about the idea of finishing on empty. Well, how, how easily are you going to be able to do that if what you're doing doesn't matter to you, if it's not important to you? The next part of this is context and really understanding the details of this, right? Know the details. Know why it's important to you. This all comes back to you. This all becomes an internal dialogue that you need to have with yourself about the importance of the day, of the importance of what is actually happening. I think one of the things that can be really hard here is lining yourself up for success and having this conversation more than 15 minutes before the start and having this panic moment, right? What does panic induce? Anxiety, okay? We're going to talk about anxiety here later, but I want you to realize that this is something that you need to start doing, you know, 10 days, two weeks, 10 weeks out, right? Start thinking about, hey, why is this important to me? Because guess what? That's probably going to drive training too, right? Understanding your why is a whole other conversation, but it's a big part of this. And if this is the race that it needs to happen on, if this is your goal marathon, if this is your goal 5K that's going to set a time that's going to help you get noticed by colleges, why is that important to you? You need to become crystal clear on that. Know the details. Know why it's important to you. As I said, this requires reflection and looking inward. If you're trying to hit a specific time for a race, you're going to have a personal investment as well as personal pressure. Add on you know, to that that others may see this as a defining moment for you in your career, and you really have to push these people away. It, and it's not that other people don't matter. It's just that their desires and investments are added pressure that you don't really need. There is support, and then there are expectations. Know the difference. When it comes to managing that, I think one of the things that I ask a lot of athletes to do is actually create space, right? And so this is how we become more present. Um, you know, I spoke with an athlete the other day that was really kind of struggling with pressure. And in previous races, um, he was so in the moment of the place uh, that he forgot to put his head in the race. Uh, you know, it could have been that this was in a, in a really amazing venue, um, or it could have just been the biggest thing that they had done yet. And that moment was literally spent looking around and going, wow, this is an amazing place. And oh my gosh, I've, I've got a race. They're so enamored with what's happening that we can get caught up and distracted. And so again, this goes back to engagement and that requires that we are present in the moment. And we have to practice that presence. Um, and really what this means is that when we create space, that may mean, you know, having a strategy to spend some time away from the sport and from the people that are putting that pressure on you. That may mean some alone time. 
And that means a hike in the woods, go in the mountains, spend time with your significant other, spend time away from that thing. Okay. Other things that have worked really well for athletes, um, is, is really understanding if you have somebody that's close, if I'm coaching them, I have to remind myself as a coach, what are my expectations for them? Am I setting something that's realistic? Am I setting something that's out there for them that I want for them? And that expectation becomes their desire? Or is this something that they truly want? That's a hard question to answer sometimes. And I have to be present to that as a coach. But the question I'll have from you is that, is your goal someone else's goal? And it might be tough to realize that right now, you might be chasing someone else's dream. And that sucks. That really sucks. You need to understand long before race day why this is important to you. See how this keeps coming back in? So when the heat is on and you're feeling the pressure of the day, the moment, or even looking at your race in the future, the best thing you can do leading up to it is give yourself that space and rely on being present and in the moment. This could simply be having time to play and remove yourself from the moment. You know, athletes in the past have actually had really great success uh, doing small competitive games in the days leading up to a big race uh, where they allow their mind to be competitive. This could be something like arcade basketball. This could be video games. This could simply just be playing a game of Monopoly in a beautiful cabin that's really close to the race venue. They're in a great place. They feel safe. They're relaxed. But they're still being competitive without expending a lot of useless energy in the wrong direction. Um, you also may find that you know you have to remove another stimulus. The stimulus could be your phone, social media, or even removing yourself from your team or teammates to gain perspective. Um, and this isn't just maybe in the weeks leading up or the days leading up. It may be that you need to do that acutely in the moment before the race. You might have to put some headphones in and kind of block everybody out and just rock out to some Metallica, whatever your jam is, and just get hyped, get excited, get ready, and bring your personal battery up to fully charged. Because a lot of these other people can drain your battery. Those expectations are huge battery drainers. And so making sure that when it comes to finding peace, becoming present, it requires that sometimes you have to push things away, and that's okay. A lot of people get caught up because they start doing what someone else is doing. They do someone else's warm-up. They do someone else's something, and they realize that that's not beneficial, right? If you're not used to doing a two-mile two warm-up before a race, and you go out and do it because everybody else is doing it, does that line you up for success? Well, sometimes you have to try it and go, ooh, that worked really well. Other times, it may not work well. But definitely, if this is your A race, if this is your big thing, not the time to try something new. You need to have a refined and defined plan going into that race. Now, let's talk a little bit back about, you know, where are all these pressures coming from? I, I ask my athletes in that time of reflection to sit down, whether that's two weeks out, two days out, and you're feeling that pressure and you're feeling like you got a huge backpack of pressure on, you know, you're taking that boat anchor to the start line. That's something I say a lot. I will ask people to ask really tough questions of themselves and take time. So if you've got a pen and paper, these are some great things to kind of write down. First question is, why do you feel that way? Where is this coming from? Um, you know, what is their investment in the outcome? If you're feeling pressure from the outside, what's their investment? Why do they want this? Is that coach wanting you to score big points because they're trying to win a regional you know, race? Is it pressure from your teammates because um, you know, they 
they, they know that you're, you're fast or that you're talented. Um, and they want to see you run fast or they want to see you beat the local rival or whatever it is. What's their investment? And is that investment in your best interest? And the answer to that may be no. And so when it comes down to it, why did it, why do you feel that way? Where's the pressure coming from? What is the external investment in the outcome? Why, why, why? Simply put, you have to keep asking why until you get to the root of it and say, wow, I'm feeling a lot of pressure because people want me to beat so-and-so. And that may not be something that's worthwhile for you to pursue as an outcome. And that may mean that you end up running someone else's race because your teammates and coach and other people want that. Is that what you want for yourself? Okay, that's another great question to ask. What do you want from yourself today? What do you want that outcome to be? How do you live that? So understand that putting stake in a single moment will make that moment come and go in a matter of seconds mentally. To be fully engaged doesn't require you to have thought through every possible person that, you know, scenario uh, and, and person that's going to be at that race. You know, that's going to be hours and hours of sitting and staring at the ceiling in your bed trying to figure out, oh, what if, what if they, you know, come past me at mile two you know, or, you know, all of whatever that is. All of those things that kind of wind through our brain, that increases anxiety, that also reduces our sleep, reduces our feeling of safety. And those are things that you just have to come back to when it comes to confidence. Confidence is the biggest thing that when I ask an athlete, hey, what are you struggling with? My confidence. Understood. But confidence to many people is about, you know, simply just, you know, I, I can run fast that day. I feel confident in, in my racing. And then I ask them, again, those same things. Why? You know, where, where is your confidence coming from? How do you build confidence? Well, I'll let you in on a little secret. You're already doing it. Confidence is simply built through training, but it has to be training that you trust. And, and what I want people to understand is that you have, you have to cast you know, this, this big net when it comes to looking at all of the things that go into confidence. It's something that you build over time. You know, it's through failures. It's through mistakes. You know, those flawless performance of like vaulters in the gymnastics in, in, in the Olympics, you know, there's 10,000 prior fails, missteps and mistakes that you didn't see, but every single one of those mistakes and missteps taught them something. And so I think a lot of people see these big, huge results that people get and don't realize all the work that's behind it. You know, those, those steadfast performances on a course come from not worrying about the outcome and what the team was going to do that day. That's already been decided. That's fate. What is there for you has already been decided. Um, you know, where confidence really comes from is the belief that your team and you have done the best possible training you could have done. And so I, I want to make a hard stop here and just say that, you know, don't you dare let comparison become a part of your expectations either. Your current circumstances do not define you. Your decisions do. You may not have the greatest coach. You may not have the greatest workouts. And to be honest, that really rarely defines the greatest outcomes. The athletes with the most to lose are often the ones that race the hardest and push through in the moment. Instead of comparing and saying, I don't have, you have to believe in what you have done to prepare for this moment is the best possible thing you could do. If you've pushed yourself in training and you put 100% into your workouts, it doesn't matter what anyone else has done. They haven't been where you are 
and they have not done your workouts. It's pointless to compare, but that's confidence. Confidence comes from training. Did you put 12 by 400 down? Did that make you feel good? Did you feel confident? Did you feel like you smacked that workout? That's confidence. That's how you build it. That's what you take to the race. Don't take, oh, so-and-so said that I had to beat so-and-so today. No, I did 12 by 400 and I absolutely smacked it into the ground. I'm ready for this. I'm ready to go. I'm hyped up. I'm excited. That's that energy you have to take. You have to think big. You got to puff that chest up. You have to feel confident in who you are and that your workouts are great. Who cares about someone's workout on Strava? Who cares about all that other stuff that's out there for you to compare to? That's Instagram. That's Strava. That's Facebook. That's Let's Run. That's all that other crap that's out there that you become and you internalize that and you take that and you say, oh, what does that mean about me? Let me tell you, it doesn't mean shit about you. You decide. You decide exactly how you want to show up to that. Your confidence personally comes from how well have you prepared. If you have not prepared for this moment and you have fear, guess what? You earned that. You earned that fear in that moment. Okay? But let's take a step back because I probably scared a few of you a little bit. I got a little hyped up there. I got a little excited. Let's bring it back down. What this really takes is becoming ironclad. When we line up for, you know, for a race, you know, we can get swallowed by the emotions and the intensity, right? Like I said, oh God, I haven't prepared for this. I haven't done enough. Well, you got to ask yourself, this is that conversation beforehand. What's enough? What do you need to see? What does it look like? And if the answer is I've done a hundred percent, I've given the best I can. I've done the workouts that have been asked of me. Then you've done enough, plain and simple. Stop worrying because then it goes back to comparison. Well, so and so, eh, eh, that's looking behind you. Look ahead of you. What do you need to do? Okay. Becoming ironclad is you have to develop a strategy for that feeling. You know, it, it can be metaphorically stomping on anxieties and driving them into the ground when you do your high knees. It can be part of that is like slapping your legs. I see it happen all the time. Sometimes that's just that pre race mental that you have to get into, right? Smacking your legs is kind of creating, you know, something that you always do. It's a rhythm. It's a, you know, it, it's a word I'm really looking for here. You know, it's a tradition. It's, it's something that you do that say, okay, my body's ready to go. I'm ready to fight in this. You know, it, it's not that you, you know, you're, you're pushing things away as much as you're pulling things in. You know, I, I really think that to become ironclad in all of this is that, you you have to you have to create a scenario that works for you. You know, create a strategy for the start line is really kind of step number one after you've asked yourself questions. You know, this this comes back to creating boundaries. Creating boundaries for you and your teammates and coaches leading into a big race is key. And guess what? You're gonna have to communicate and advocate for them. You know, if you find that your 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 teammates' energy just like throws you off or you can't really handle it when you're trying to focus, you may have to tell them, hey, love you guys, but I'm gonna throw some headphones on because I need to focus right now. And most often when we think about saying those things, we go, Man, they're gonna think I'm a total pain in the ass. I'm an asshole. No one's gonna like me because I I I move myself away. There's a right time and a right place to advocate for that. But anytime you tell somebody that you need something and you're firm in your why you need it, it's very hard to say no. It's very hard for them to move aside from that and be like, this person's being a real weirdo, a real pain in the ass. That's what you need to succeed. So go do it. That might mean 
you know, a strategy of, you know, walking through the course your own way. You know, I tell athletes, especially for 5Ks, half mile out, half mile back at the start line. So you get a feel for where you're going to go. And that's that point where you need to, by a half mile in, you need to have found your rhythm and be able to have settled in. Same thing when it comes to the finish line, a half mile out, a half mile back. Know the final half mile of that course. Know how to get into position, right? Know how and where to kick um, because of a, you know, if there's a hill or something that you can use for momentum. All of those become part of our strategy. Guess what that also builds? Confidence. You know what's coming, right? That's part of building that strategy so that when you get to the start line, there's no question about what you're able to do. And what that requires is engagement. You have to be engaged in that success. You can't just show up, kind of mm, go through the motions of your warm up, and then hit the start line and expect greatness to happen. Greatness comes, and those best races come when you're engaged and focused. Right? We think about it like this if you finished a race and you've said, God, I don't know what happened, it was all a blur, I blacked out, it was just all over. Well, I want to bring you guys to some news, right? Anxiety eliminates short-term memory loss. 2018, doctors partnered um, with the American Psychiatry Association to do a study on memory and anxiety. One of the stress responses you might be aware of is this idea of fight or flight. This fires up the emotional processing part of our brains, right? That's the amygdala. Um, and when you see someone pass you or hear the roar of those footsteps behind you, you hear that like clomping and everything, right? Your brain processes them right? And if your brain, you know, considers them to be dangerous, a distress signal is sent to the hypothalamus, right? So amygdala to hypothalamus and indicates, you know, basically that there's this, this need for anxiety. There's this threat that's coming on. And sometimes this happens so quickly, you're not even aware of it. Um, your pulse goes up, adrenaline courses through your veins and your senses become sharper. Your blood pressure skyrockets and there's this huge wave of cortisol, right? And if you've ever experienced this, it's completely draining. Even in the moment or after the race, it's like someone put the brakes on all the way to the floor and you're pushing as hard as you can, but you simply can't go any faster. And you know that you're capable of going faster, but it's simply just not there. This keyed up high anxiety moment, like it's going to leave you exhausted and without almost any memory of what happened. You're physically present, but mentally you are outside yourself. That's bad anxiety. That's the worst it can get. But some anxiety, some anxiety is good. Acute anxiety and panic, bad. But it can be said that there is an optimal level of anxiety that really allows us to focus and execute. I think of Wim Hof, and this is a rather extreme example, but follow me here. Wim Hof is known for cold plunging and you know what it really comes down to is kind of titrating and slowly you know, kind of telling your body not to be alarmed by how cold this water is. He calls this practice because you slowly build your ability to manage the cold. If you've ever jumped into a cold water tank, what happens? <gasps> right? That huge taking your breath away moment, panic, 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 panic. Okay. But if you watch Wim Hof, you watch his videos, I don't personally practice it, but I, I think there's an adjacency here. There's a, there's a parallel. Um, that practice is where we build our confidence. Practice is what allows people to control. And when they step into or plunge into that cold water, they have taught their body that it's not an alarm, 
It's nothing to be scared of, right? We have taken down our body's natural defense. It's not dulled. It's very much so there. Actually, when it's happening, these people are acutely aware of what's happening, but they've learned how to control it, right? And that is through having a stimulus, right? So whether that's a race, whether that's a situation, um, they don't sit up all night wondering, okay, how can I work through this cold and, and be able to manage myself? They go and they do it. And that's part of what practice is, is it's about having constraints. You need constraints to work against to build your confidence, right? Leading up into your biggest race, you need to feel the pace. If you haven't felt the pace that you're going to run, how do you know how it's going to feel? You know, you need to practice the speech before you give it, right? This might mean, you know, following a specific strategy or simply racing with a pack and trying different methods of when to kick, when to hold back. You build your defenses through success and failure of outcomes and defining successful strategies. So guess what? Your first race of the season is not going to go A+. You may have a couple of good things that worked from last season and a couple of things that have worked in the past. Great. Stick with those. Work with those. But there's going to be new things that you're going to need to try. So you have to practice before race day, right? You might have the best pace, right? The best plan in the world. And right, just that Mike Tyson quote, everybody's got a great plan until they get punched in the face. Okay. What happens if you fall? What happens if someone trips you? What happens if someone cuts in front of you and throws your gate off and throws you off? How do you get re-engaged? Okay. That may mean constraints. That may mean saying to a teammate, hey, we're going to go out at this pace. I want you to kind of cut me off. I want you to come in really sharp. And I want to, right? You have to be able to not react, but okay, cool. I'm here. I'm engaged. I'm in the moment. We talked about being present earlier. This idea of presence, right, is engagement. That presence comes from being relaxed. Do you think that when you get cut off or anything like that, that what your coach thinks in that moment is going to come into your brain? No way. That's way outside of that. But what can happen is if you're not ready for it, panic. Oh my God, this threw me off. And now I'm off pace and the pack is now, you know, 10 steps ahead of me and right. You just, all of a sudden that panic comes in and you're not able to manage that situation when you just need to be calm, right? You need to be prepared for it. Being present in the moment going, Ooh, yep, that sucked. All right. Well, this guy kind of sucks. I hate him for doing that, but let's show him what we're going to do with 400 to go. We'll get him back for that little move, right? That's a little bit of confidence. That might even come across as cockiness. But those things are okay because we're present in the moment. Those are things that we're kind of using as fuel. When you're feeling it and you're kind of talking to yourself like, I'm going to come get you, like, I, I got this. Like, And you're so calm and so confident in that, that's what we're looking for. That's the feeling that I think we're all chasing when it comes to this, right? Expectations are very far away when we're feeling that way. So then let's talk about this idea of how do we deal with expectations? What is the real recipe for success here? Well, I would say that understand first where the expectations are coming from. Are they internal or external, right? This goes back to what I said earlier about asking yourself good questions. Ask why they are there. Then ask why do they, internal, external, make you feel a certain way? You know, and the final question is to ask, is that good pressure or bad pressure? And if it's bad pressure, Okay, got to then, right, advocate, talk, discuss and say, hey, man, you're putting a lot of pressure on me. I just, I don't need that right now. I, I, I need to, to move away from this. If it's good pressure, 
and it's building you up and it's something that's like, hey, you know, I know I'm capable of this. This is good pressure for me. Good. Feed into that. Find more of that, right? Those are good things. The second thing, you know, after you understand that, you know, the pressure, you need to develop boundaries. And as I said, this is part of developing that ironclad race strategy. Your boundaries may come in the form of warm-up or advocating for a specific kind of treatment. And I don't mean that you need to get a massage before every single race. What I'm really saying is that you may have to advocate with your coach, with your teammates, right? You don't get what you don't ask for, right? And you may not always uh, have what you need. You know, what are the workarounds? Again, this does come through thinking through the race, but not overthinking the race. What if you don't have a great place to warm up? What are some things that you can do to feel confident, right? I, I think back to athletes warming up at New Balance National Indoor. There are 200 people socked into a hallway that's probably 40 feet wide by, you know, maybe 150 feet long. And that is everything to the sides. People are sprinting and warming up. And that's all you have for warm up. Or you can go outside, right? And not a lot of people come prepared to go do their warm-up outside to then come in, take off sweats, and be ready to go, okay? There's a workaround, right? Sometimes it requires getting creative, but you have to understand those constraints. Prepare for the start line. You know, I, I, I want people to go in with a strategy of what they want to execute, right? If you have no plan to execute, then you're basically handicapping yourself, Um you know, by now you should be clear on, you know, really why, why is this race important to you? And, you know, the external expectations are now very far from your mind, right? Execute on your plan today. Okay. Fourth and final thing, be ready for anything. You know, being adaptable in the moment is where anxiety and acute awareness of what is happening are so key. This is where your anxiety is useful, right? We talked about being, you know, hyper aware, right? Like that adrenaline is pumping and there's a certain amount of that anxiety of that initial cold plunge that we want. Our brain is lit up. We are ready to go. We're able to kind of slow things down in the moment, right? We've heard about people that, you know, in the moment, like time slowed down and I was able to move slowly and I was super hyper aware of what happening. And that's a real thing. Uh, you know, that really does happen, but also be, you know, of an understanding that that plan may fall apart. You might lose a shoe in the mud, but adapting and moving forward is really your only option. You can worry about that shoe later, but right now you got a race to run, like go get it, man. Like you have to get out there and get after it. So I really kind of wanted to create this like little bonus episode or solo sode because it encompasses so many feelings I've experienced with athletes and especially lately. You know, only now have I really been able to kind of put this all into words. I hope that this rambling isn't, uh, you know, without direction, you know, having a chance to sit down and say, these are the things that are really important. And expectations are right alongside comparison, are right alongside confidence. All of these things are really the big th- triangle of where athlete fear and failure comes together. Um, you know, and I, I'm going to make a small ask at the end of this. I know this was a short episode, but if this episode was awesome and it made a difference for you, do me a favor. Give me an honest review on Apple Podcasts of what you think of this. 
you know, we have spent the last 35, 40 weeks building out this podcast. And again, right, we've had to go through our changes in strategies. We've had to treat this kind of like our own race that we're aware of when we're running it. We've made changes to how it sounds and what we talk about and who's there. Let us know how you actually feel. If you want, shoot me an email, andrew at lifelongendurance.com. Send me an email. Let me know what you think. Is this something you love? Do you have feedback for me? Let me know. These are things that are going to help make me better. So I need you to coach me right now. I need you to tell me where I can improve, how I can get better. Leave me that review, right? It's simply the number one metric that sponsors and others use to define our growth and our potential as a podcast. We simply can't grow without you guys doing this. So I just want to thank you for being a part, listening this far. I hope this was a useful episode. I hope you're able to walk away from this, knowing more of what you need to do to get ready for your next big race. I hope this is something that you see as a resource and something that you come back to, to get excited, to build your confidence, or simply just get better by going back and asking yourself some great questions. So thank you for listening. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you in the next episode.